Mm-hmm. I hear her. Yes, I'm here to be heard. Look, Scarlet has changed her picture. She's Agent Carter. Yes, I am. Who wouldn't want to be? Fun. Yes, well, Scarlet's in trouble. Scarlet started me on a whole new series. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm watching Which Agents of the Shield. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Not the Shield. One. Oh, I'm sorry. It's an acronym. I don't know why they chose such an unwieldy acronym. They just wanted it to look cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, as it said somewhere in one of the movies, or actually, no, wait, it might be somewhere even in, in the show, why is the name this? Because someone really wanted the acronym to spell S.H.I.E.L.D. It's yeah. a good line. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <clears throat> I think I'm like on... strategic homeland intelligence and um, extraterrestrial espionage or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Give me a second. I'm logistics it division. It is well. Look, I know what it originally stood for. Let's see what it stands for now. <laughs> oh come on! Yes. In Iron Man one, the, or Iron Man, Agent Coulson introduces himself as an agent of the. Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. Yeah. But it's also been known to, to stand for Strategic Homeland Inter- Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Did I? Okay. Yeah, that's slightly different. Not One much of them has an and. That's about the size of it. I was looking in two different places. I'm trying to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the acronym no, original... Choking, Scott. Choking, bad. Oh, I'm just breathing acronym... in my crackers. Bad. Acronym originally originally stood for Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Mm. I was going to ask you what you were eating that was crunchy, Scott, because I didn't know that soup was crunchy. Mm. And I knew you were having soup. Soup comes with crackers. Ah, we almost had soup. I finished the soup part now, but there's still half a cracker left, so. Have your cracker. I had chicken soup left over from the chicken that we did the other day with the foot sticking out of it that nobody would eat. Mm-hmm. Mom said, well, I was thinking of chicken soup or pasta, and I was like, pasta sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be this tired. I'm so tired. I went to bed early-ish. And Ted's not late, but the cat slept with me, and when the cat sleeps with me, I don't ever sleep well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? Ah, my ID. My ID is what is trying to stab me. That's well, no good. Yes, stabbing is not okay. It's right along the lines of choking. Mm, choking's worse. Oh, I don't want to get up anymore. Randomly called me, so hopefully we won't have the Harry Potter music going again. I <laughs> called her over. I called over and I said, "What's going on?" She said, "Well, my phone keeps knocking, and that usually means I have a text message." But I looked, and the last text message came from you when we were talking about the cat coming home two days ago or three days ago. And I, she said, "What's happening with you?" And I said, "Well, you just called me, and I'm calling back to see what's going on." And she said, "I didn't mean to call you." <laughs> <laughs> we're still trying to yep. figure out our phones. We don't know what we're mm, doing with them. Fun. It is. Actually went on Facebook at work today. I'm absolutely yeah. terrified to see how many minutes I used. <laughs> Let's see. Did that take good grief? That is going to take half near forever. Half near forever. That's a long time. Yes, it is. Hmm. Well, since we're starting fairly late, shall we just start and get yeah, that going? sounds like a plan. Let me find my book. We'll start in order to finish the last <laughs> of. Just a random Tuesday. Mm-hmm. After our discussion last week, I read two of her stories. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yes? I read the Draco Halloween one. That one was really good. And I read another one, but I don't remember what it is. And then I listened to Bart 
our last author, has one about the missing dog. So in the new Star Trek movies, where they find Scotty and Scotty's um, sent the Basset Hound, I think it's a Basset Hound or a Beagle, whatever it is, off in the mm-hmm. transporter and it never gets to where it's supposed to be. So it's, you know, Admiral's missing dog. So this mm-hmm. is them finding the dog or at least a generation mm-hmm. of this dog and his name is Toby. But it's oh, not okay. finished. It's like three chapters and then you can just get left hanging. So it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I found that with the ones I read from this. Um, I read Cock and Bull Correspondence from the Cupboard. Mm-hmm. which is complete and was funny, although I kind of skimmed the last chapter because I was getting tired of reading Draco. But... <laughs> Try having to write him. Mm. And then there was one flogged horse, a.k.a. an overused plotline, which had some interesting developments but went for three chapters and then quit, so mm-hmm. unfortunately. Well, that's that's the one where Tom Riddle gets sent the Harry Potter books from the future. and That is a flogged chapter, horse. He opens them and reads the first couple pages, and about when he gets the word as he decides this is twaddle and puts it under his bed. Uh, but then at some point, I think in the second chapter, he discovers that there was a rectangular object of some sort that has been sent through time somewhere in the Slytherin dungeons. And uh, Slughorn is, of course, dismissive of this, because obviously there's nothing at Hogwarts right now that can travel in time. This man is just, from the Department of Mysteries, is just making stuff up. He's so foolish. And Tom is like, hmm, traveling books, huh? Maybe these are important after all. And so he reads the first chapter or so, and then he hits the name Voldemort and goes, Interesting. Well, that's too bad it's not finished. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Sounds like a fun one. But yes, this unfortunately, one. she stopped writing things in October of 2007, apparently. Oh, well. Hey, Sue. Hey, what? Do you have things set up to record? We are recording. I will double check and make sure that everything is on. It says Skype. That's what we're on, right? And That's a good sign. Recording, <laughs> and I didn't hit pause, and it's actually ticking down minutes. I've recorded eight minutes and forty-two seconds so far. So I think we're good. Alrighty. Okay. I just wanted to check. I appreciate you. I'm appreciated. I want you to know that we are not the only ones that do this. Mm-hmm. Because the critical hit had this happen where they recorded most of it but there's an hour missing in between and so they yeah so they one forgot. of their sessions is missing yeah they forgot to hit the record button or something so i tried to send him a message and say i feel your pain i understand on twitter but i wasn't i was in a rush and it didn't happen so. oh mm-hmm. and i always feel weird and stuff like that. I never know if it's like, oh, tooting your own horn. I podcast too, and I've done this or what. So I just went, yeah, yeah. never mind. Yeah, I think if the opportunity comes up works, again, but... then go for it. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was going on. I, I was having to do something quickly, and so it just it didn't quite work. It was poor Bonnie. She had to go to the vet because I thought she had conjunctivitis, but really we just stabbed her in the eye with our fingernails and scratched her eye, and her eye was all swollen and good. Oh, I know. We're mean. We're terrible. Actually, it's just that her head's at just the right place that when we're talking with our hands, we poke her in the eye. It's terrible. You are terrible people. I know. I feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Promises, promises. I just saw a wonderful article about four Rottweilers, and I always love to see anything that has anything good that has to do with Rottweilers, because I think they're a really cool dog. And this 
80-year-old woman got off the bus at the wrong place and ended up in, like, this football stadium and had fallen and got stuck in a bush and had been there all day long. It was going into night and, you know, she would have probably froze to death during the night. And these two men were walking their four Rottweilers and they took them to the football stadium and let them off their leash so that they could run around. And they all made a beeline right to where the lady was. And she just was like, oh my gosh. And started licking her and everything and the people that were with them were like something's weird they went straight to that spot and stopped and nobody and they're not moving so they went over and found her and were able to get her to the hospital and they probably saved her life so and the the mama rottweiler was like licking her and refused to move wouldn't leave her side until they transported her to the hospital and you know was making sure she was okay how to take care of this person yeah something's wrong she's not moving Mm -hmm. so of course or big Rottweilers running at you when you're down could be enough to give an 80 year old woman a heart attack, but mm. it's disconcerting. But yeah, they're nice yeah. dogs, they are nice dogs, yeah. unless you're you know doing something you shouldn't, and then they could be really scary. I got a comment on my scarf today, did you? Yes, because I'm um, having missed the bus. I took the half hour time it was going to take for the next bus to show up to, or no, actually, it was an hour for those ones because we're off peak times by then. Um, Anyway, I took part of the time to go shopping, and when I bought some stuff and went out the, through the cashier, she said, uh, that scarf looks like it's a, like a Harry Potter scarf. And I said, actually, it is. It's a Hufflepuff scarf. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it when they recognize it as Harry Potter. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks like the scarf from Harry Potter. Well, sort of. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, that was fun. It's a big night for us. And, uh, oh, yeah? We're not... Uh, I, Mom might be watching it, but I'm not paying any attention. But the Oregon Ducks are playing in a championship game tonight in Texas. Yes, they they are. Yeah. And uh, I'm not. My dad's watching. I don't have Twitter on, so <laughs> I don't know if people are tweeting. I'm not following the Oregon Ducks game, so I'm not seeing any Oregon Ducks tweets. But, but anyway, by the time this airs, they'll it, be playing in a completely new game. Yeah, in a completely. We'll be, in, like, we'll be on to another season. Yeah. Well, back when Scott was talking about the uh, work in progress, I I had a great transition and I was going to say, well, fortunately for us, Just a Random Tuesday is finished and we are working on the last chapter this week. This will be the evening time. So it starts around 6.48 p.m. and goes to around midnight. And we're going to just find out what's happening with poor Minerva as she snuck out of Hogwarts and is having dinner with Amelia Vance, Emily Vance. That's it. Yeah. So I will say. Very awesome fun. Very awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep. We're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. I'm talking trousers. Uber evil. <laughs> How's that go again? Come on. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> same script time, same, same channel. 
It's all snake all the time, Trisha. Of course, it's he's... <laughs> I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, Holy nice. shit! It's so floppy! Yes, Scott. They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework oh, later. <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. <laughs> you always laugh before the end. Think we please where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the family of podcasts that is Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Scarlett. And we have scared Trisha away for three weeks in a row, so... Oops. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) She said, things were crazy, and I said, I'm sorry things are crazy, and she said, it's good crazy, so... So apparently we'll have some stories next time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. That's what happens. We have a great Ryan story for this week, but I don't know if we're going to get to hear it tomorrow or not. Mm -hmm. Something about pipes. It's a true Pufuadian story. Ah, probably about the freezing thereof. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. I sent Danielle a message. She was baking. I sent her a message. I said, I'm impressed that you can be baking with no running water. Because in my household, if the pipes freeze, we have no running water. And she said, no, it's not that we don't have running water. It's just that we don't have heat because our heat is radiator. Uh, it's, it's the radiator pipes that broke. Yes. Yeah, and they yeah. did have one break. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I remember that from university. You were always supposed to... If you were leaving your room for any amount of time and going to be gone overnight, you were supposed to turn the radiator on slightly, just so it would keep circulating and keep the pipes warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we have to open the cabinets and mm-hmm. run run our faucets on very slight drip. I don't know if we have to right now, but but that's how we found our apartment when we came back because they had freeze warning sometime over the break. Yeesh. Never fun. No. Knock on every bit of wood possible. We're not going to have any issues while I'm here with pipes. I already have enough issues going on with my computer. Again. (laughs) Yes, we don't have pipe issues. Nope, nope. I was talking to Death and his wife this weekend, and it's like, (laughs) make a joke about the computer. No, no jokes about the computer. This is a Pavlanian story. It gets bad. It gets worse. It gets absurd. (laughs) That's how we roll. And then throw in the the college thing, and it's just a mess. Mm. Minerva has a lot of absurd stories to tell, too. She does. Yes, she does. Which we mostly covered in the last two podcasts, so if you have no idea what's going on, go back and listen to those. Or read the story. Either one works. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'd say read the story before going and listening. Probably make more sense that way. Yeah, just a lot. Yeah, so we could probably skip through quite a bit of this. It starts off with just Minerva telling about her day. And, you know, and they're apparently ca- catching a lot of attention from the other people in the restaurant because they're bo- both very well-dressed. And Emmeline is apparently old money, and she's also cackling madly mm-hmm. uh, on hearing Minerva's story and 
Minerva's had to roll up her sleeves so as to gesture properly to explain all the things that are going on. And, and right. Emmeline's removed her shoes. Yes, well, to be comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, but still, that gets attention. As well and they as... also ordered food without paying any attention to the calories. <gasps> <gasps> and then it's like, what on earth is a calorie? After an impromptu lesson in the nature of the calorie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They assure their waitress that they didn't know how many calories were in their appetizers, and they didn't particularly care. And they get a standing ovation from the women at the next table. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and being when... asked to dinner in a bar and drinks from gentlemen at bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, they they hardly uh, accept the first and turn down the second. Thank you very much. We're enjoying <laughs> our dinner without human folk. Mm-hmm. Quite. Mm-hmm. And I learned a new word in this story. That's always fun. Cachinated. Yeah. I had to look that up. A word for laughter. That makes yeah. sense. Cackling particularly. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is what this is Emmeline's reaction to Colin's artistic masterpiece of a calendar. Mm. <laughs> yes, which she requests her own copy, please. Mm-hmm. She would like one for her office. <laughs> and Orugus and Istra is keeping the penguins, all of them. <laughs> Bloody penguins! Well, you know, they'll end up down in Slytherin, that's where they belong. Mm-hmm. It's like Mr. Popper's penguin. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I now have this image of the penguins following her when she argues with Snape and swarming him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be fun. I wonder if they're at all interested in astronomy. They climb up the tower? Maybe. And I, I love that Dippet, who was more or less in, more or less competent, but not enlightened. And <laughs> so, after four years of trying, Minerva and Emmeline had been called into his office to explain why they had not returned the Advanced Transfiguration book they'd taken out four years ago. You know, no wondering about the fact that they keep showing up in the hospital covered in feathers and fur or anything like that. He just... They just told him that they were working on a party trick, <laughs> and he believed mm-hmm. them. But Except then Minerva then had Minerva to gave it away. love it. <laughs> yep. Can't believe he really believes that. Yeah. And then she, Emily wants to know if Filch is still there, and she's like, oh, yes, him and that bloody cat. Not Minerva's favorite cat. No. No. Dumbledore <laughs> was her favorite, followed by Pomona, and then Poppy, and then Snape, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. They talk about work things. Mostly whichever students he's particularly annoyed with at the time. And he talks Lots of about, Sinistra, about everything else. Emily's like, he's a strange man. He's always mm. been strange. Mm-hmm. And that reminds Minerva of Theodore Knott. So she's sort of going back to thinking about the whole thing with Daphne Greengrass and Malfoy and Knott. Mm-hmm. And Emmeline has to kind of dig it out of her by threatening to tickle her mercilessly. Ooh, the tickle monster! <laughs> Ugh, tickling. Dangerous. Dangerous thing. I know people yes. can tickle. Minerva tries to deflect her with the trifle, but it doesn't really work. Not at all. So eventually and she I... starts explaining everything. Mm-hmm. But I love how Slytherin and Hufflepuff have always had contradictory timetables, because apparently Pomona had a crush on Tom Riddle, and yeah. Emmeline wonders what happened to him. Yeah, and I like that Minerva doesn't enlighten her. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's not common knowledge. Probably a good thing. I suppose, in some ways, anyway. Did we find out last week that she was part of the Order? Emmeline Vance? Yes. I believe she was. That's what she I thought. She shows up in Order of the Phoenix. So you would expect her to know. I mean, I would think that everybody in the Order would know. But mm, Depends on if Dumbledore said anything. I get the impression that Tom Riddle sort of 
went off to work at Gorgon and Burks and then vanished. And two years later, Voldemort showed up or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so mm-hmm. there wouldn't have necessarily been a, a direct connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway, so Minerva and Emmeline begin gossiping and musing about the romantic and poetic nature of Daphne and Draco. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Emmeline actually gets fairly close because he apparently ends up marrying her sister. That's so you true. know. <laughs> but they. But Minerva is saying that, oh, good grief, all these ideas, like, about them growing up and l- learning to deal with things no children should ever have to deal with, realizing their shared destiny. Mm-hmm. Minerva's like, that's Lily and Jane with, like, 20,000 pounds of purple prose. Yeah, Emily's been reading the romance novels. It'd be terribly unusual and romantic, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a right, every right to get silly on occasion. It keeps me young. That... And a couple liters of your mother, mother's beauty concoction. Yeah. <laughs> and then the trifle. And then they get their trifle. What is trifle? It's a, it's a layered dessert. Yeah. It, you have, it's usually done with fruit, and you'll have, like, chopped up bits of cake, and then fruit, and then cream. Or sometimes they do it with chocolate pudding, and but it's, it, it layers up in a bowl or something like that. And yeah, it's in a really fancy, usually glass bowl. It was originally what you did with the leftovers of the cake that you had before. So you'd, you know, make cake for something and people would eat three pieces. And then you have this cake sitting there that's not as good anymore. So you chop it up and put in fruit and cream and things and dress it up that way. Yeah, and, and it's it's trifle is, well, there's here's a chocolate one. But I'd say it's mostly a fruit and if you're looking for chocolate trifle, then it becomes more tiramisu. Mm, yeah. Tiramisu. Yeah. Although I am finding more and more chocolate ones as I'm looking down at all these pictures. And now I'm hungry, so I'm going to get rid of this. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go back. You can find chocolate pretty much right? anything because people like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But anyway, it is now 7.39 p.m. and they are on the street outside of the restaurant. They are. They finished their meal, and then they had to argue over who was going to pay. And they stepped outside into the night air as the sun is just setting, and they're still talking about... They're talking about, about various different things. Mm-hmm. They talked some about Malfoy and Daphne, and they went on to Quidditch, and what Glad Rags has in the shop these days, and how weird it is that Gildor Lockhart's books are still selling, and <laughs> <laughs> they settle on the ineptitude of the ministry. Yes. Because it seems to land there a lot. And then they kind of linger. <laughs> Neither of them wants to say goodnight, but finally it's time. Minerva says, okay, fine, I'll do it. It was lovely seeing you, darling. And Emmeline gives her a hug. Mm-hmm. And Minerva invites her to the villa. Always enjoys hugging her. It feels safe and comfortable. She's mm-hmm. got gloriously soft skin, expensive perfume, and there's something about the woman. So she's enjoying her hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not something you picture much for Minerva, but no reason she no. can't have hugs. No. Hugs are hugs good. Are good. Mm-hmm. I like how they end the conversation. Which is? Nil legitime carborundum. Which means? Would you like me to translate that? Yes. <laughs> Roughly, don't let the bastard get you down. There you go. You need to print that out and put it on your wall, Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put that with, with the Latin for boys are stupid, throw rocks at. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I need to print this and post it at work. 
and not tell them what it is. <laughs> you are in yeah. a position that could be very bad for. I'm pretty sure that it's not, you know, properly conjugated Latin, but it's still fun. Neither is the uh, boys are stupid one I expect. But yes, but it's, it's glorious. It's like, Oh, what was it? I can't remember anyway, but there, there was one for always wear underwear, and they just used the word for where, as in where is it, and put that in the places where the syllable would be in English, so it doesn't really work as a Latin phrase. But it sounds good. But it sounds, yeah, <coughs> but it's fun. Mm-hmm. So it's 7.52, and she's back at the leaky cauldron, and she looks inside, and nobody's there, so she feels okay to take a minute to talk to Tom, and he gets her a gilly water. Mm-hmm. That's her favorite. It is. And I, I like in here that it's this great green color. I don't remember that from canon. I don't know if we but, get much of a description of it. Yeah, and I, I, I don't it's, remember. It's in, that, it's in that one chapter where Harry's overhearing them mm-hmm. talk about Sirius Black. Right. That's and the I, only I time we she, get reference to she it. She orders it, but I don't think they tell us what it looks like. Because yeah. Harry wouldn't have been able to see it. Right. But in this, it's emerald green. And while she's waiting for her drink, in comes Fred Weasley with a girl. It's a blonde, blonde girl. Yes. Who sits next to him and he looks downright suicidal and she isn't shutting up and the nervous or trying not to laugh. A, and she's just laughing and and she's all handsy mm-hmm. and he looks like he's on the brink of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And so Minerva says, Tom, who is that? Well that, my dear professor, is June Jukes. She lives mm-hmm. in London and was home educated, if memory serves. She just got a job with the Weasleys. <laughs> yep. And Apparently, this is Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he goes over and gets two butterbeer, or he calls out for two butterbeers, and, and she says, "Oh, you didn't have to buy me one." And he says, "I didn't. George is going to be here in a minute." <laughs> yeah. And I, I love how the narration says this, rather than take this as a deep insult and tell him to go walk in traffic, as Minerva would have done at her age. June decided that giggling was the appropriate response to the statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, you two. You're practically joined at the hip. Almost it's impossible to get you on your own. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> yep, and she sort of smirks and laughs a little bit, and Fred overhears and glares at her and then notices it's Minerva. <gasps> so he... Professor McGonagall, how are you? How's Hogwarts? Professor Flitwick, how are the other professors? Tell How's Transfiguration going? Tell me everything in detail, please. <laughs> 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 and Minerva can only make vowel sounds and nod and just kind of be shell-shocked at the train that is Fred Weasley in desperation. Yes, and then June appears and glares at Minerva with distaste because, of course, Minerva's trying to steal him from her. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That that must be what it is. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Apparently June thinks that Minerva is a cougar. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it turns out that she does rescue him, which is nice. <laughs> but Minerva goes so far out of her normal character to do it. She it's does. Like, oh yes, Fred here was a wonderful student. He and his brother were simply marvelous at Transfiguration. There wasn't an assignment that they couldn't do in a heartbeat, which was at least true. The fact that they preferred performing experiments on animals to transfiguring them was neither here nor there. Nope. Yep. <laughs> now she has to decide whether to really get him off the hook or not. And eventually she asks, how's George been? 
And I wanted to see this business of yours too. And he's, oh, of course, certainly. Let's go have a tour. No yeah. problem. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. And he grabs Whoosh. and he clamps down on, on her arm with his hand and he drags her out the door. Poor Minerva stumbles a bit and just barely gets a hold of her jacket because she would have left it otherwise. And uh, so he's he's out there on his knees in front of the Weasley Wizarding Wheezes. And he's just like, thank you, 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 thank you. And she's like, for heaven's sake, get up! Yeah. When I find even better around her arms so she can't even do anything. Yes. <laughs> and she yells to George, Weasley, if you don't get your idiot brother off of me, I can personally assure you no one will ever have trouble distinguishing the pair of you again. <laughs> they'll just look, look for the one. It's a facial scarring. <laughs> She's going to bear her claws. Mm-hmm. That'd be bad. And Fred is just over the moon. He's kissing her on the cheek, proposing that she should be deified, build a shrine for, for her. <coughs> Pardon. <coughs> Well, it wasn't that bad that you have to choke on your own words, Scarlet. Yes. Thank you, Fred explains that she saved him from June, and George goes, Ah, you probably wouldn't have done that if you'd known how grateful he would be. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody right, I wouldn't. But she quickly goes in, because Fred's trying to open the store, and and George has just closed it, and he's like, What are you doing? Oh, oh, Minerva wants to see. So she's... You know, digging around in her handbag, trying to or her pocket, trying to find her money bag, and 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 they think that she was just saying saying that to get him off the hook. And it's like, uh, no, I have shopping to do. Mm-hmm. And after that little performance of yours, I'm expecting a discount. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know how they deliver. Yes, because you know, not good for Dolores to find out what she's been picking up. Yeah. Unfortunately, she just, she's not really going to buy a bunch of joke products because uh, eleven the eleven year old version of her probably would have bought a whole bunch, but she's interested in the extendable ears. And then she notices the daydream charms. Hmm. Do you think one of these would last an entire staff meeting? <laughs> <laughs> just the ones that Dolores runs, you see. Mm-hmm. They're next to the portable swamps, as conveyable canals that have waterfowl and a symbian life. Oh, so Umbridge would fit in just perfectly there. She would. But it's a shame no one at Hogwarts would really use it. Oh, no, never. I mean, Fred and George would, but they're no longer there, and Harry is a little preoccupied with everything going on in canon. Yeah, he's a bit busy. (laughs) I'm not sure where Lee is. He might have graduated before the twins. No, he's he's still there. He was the one who had, like, the fainting fancy in Chapter 1, I think. Oh, yes. Yes. So she's, you know, they want to know if she's still as bad as she was. And Minerva says, well, I had to get up really early this morning because... The you know, rampant illness. Ramp- yeah, <laughs> rampant illness? Um, bridge yeah. ice. Everybody's taking Skyping snack boxes. Yeah. And so he says, well, at least she didn't host a meeting this afternoon. You know, you'd have had one more bit of less... Ex- less is, I can't say that word. Legislation. Legislation. Legislation going through. And she's like, what? And... George moves over to the counter and hands her back. And I love this because they are so stupid, Umbridge and the ministry. So they have made this decree that no Hogwarts staff, save the headmistress herself, may enchant, bewitch, or otherwise modify any aspect or feature of the school. Because there are several instances today of unqualified staff members, yeah, right, attempting to improve the school that resulted in broken pipelines and poorly resurfaced flooring. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So any staff member that is 
disregarding this new decree will find themselves in Azkaban. Right, because that's a good way to get staff a school. Mm-hmm. But right. I love Fred. <laughs> but I love Fred's reaction to all this. Would I be correct in assuming that the recent resurfacing, which replicated the effects of the Glissante charm, did so mainly because it actually was a Glissante charm? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Or that the first pipeline burst in a time and a place that was particularly inconvenient for the dear headmistress? Had it, George? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be preposterous. The staff of Hogwarts are dedicated to upholding the standards of excellency and integrity set forth a millennia ago. They would never endanger that with such childish antics. Now, can this conveyable canal be adapted for use in the headmistress's private quarters, or would I have to adjust it myself? <laughs> George be yeah. better. Fred looks like he's going to kiss her again. <laughs> and so they, she gets a lot of things, and she even gets a, a new... Oh, they give her a couple of de- decoy detonators. Prototypes, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she gets this guiding snack box selection box. Not so that she can skip staff meetings, although that would be hysterical if all of the staff <laughs> started vomiting right as Umbridge walks in and then they all have to leave. That would have been fun. But because a whole bunch of students drop the other side and then they end up having nosebleeds or vomiting and they can't stop. So this way she has antidotes for them. Mm-hmm. And of course the boys decide that they might have to modify them so that people don't... To idiot proof them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably really hard to do. but And she's yeah. just letting them stay delusional about idiot proofing things mm-hmm. because nope, not happening. Yeah. And, and they say, well, you're not going to be able to carry two bags full of joke products back to the school. And she, you know, that might be suspicious. And he, she says, particularly since I'll be going back with four legs and a tail. And he says, ooh, that gives a new meaning to pussy footing around, doesn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why she was asking about delivery. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem that they have is to get it into Hogwarts, and then they they figure out how to work that out. Some innocuous packaging and concealment charms. They decided that they really ought to have a decoy for Umbridge, so you know they're going to get Ginny to cause some disaster to get her out of the way, and maybe a threatening note for the cat made from newspaper, you know, clippings, and that. And they just get all caught up in this plotting and scheming. Yeah, and Umbridge is or in Umbridge. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> Whoops. Minerva says, "Just send it to my quarters after dark, and nobody has to know." Now, how much is this? And the, the boys are sort of heartbroken because they don't get to do all these wonderful plans that they've had. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come in handy at some point. Mm-hmm. But oh, I love this! It's like Umbridge won't be able to stop it, even if she was aware. And even then, she wouldn't. Why not? She wouldn't dare. <laughs> and the boys are just. Terrified. Yeah. She finds this key because Umbridge is terrified of the boys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then Fred's yeah. like, Professor McGonagall, don't take this the wrong way. But if you were 18 again. <laughs> <laughs> don't flatter yourself, Weasley. She drops off her money and tells him to send the change, and off she goes. And so since so she's spending the evening out, she decides to drop over to number 13, Grindelwald Place. <laughs> yes. That's totally what it's called what? there, Mike. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Number 12, Grimald Place? That's yes, the at one. 8.27 p.m. Apparently, whenever you apparate in, you have to raise a shield immediately or Moody might hex parts of you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and she materializes and ends up being faced with two wands as Remus and Sirius are there and they offer her some lemonade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sirius is being trounced at chess. Very much so. And Remus says, Nymphadora said there were rumors that the Aurors might be sent to Hogwarts, but she's having trouble confirming it. Minerva says, oh, yes, yeah, I've been there, done happened. that. Yeah. And they're kind of, Sirius is kind of looking at her, hasn't said much, and she wants to know, does she look different? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, I think she does. Hmm. What could it possibly be? Yeah. Should we check? Is it really her? Oh. Well, it would have to be for her to get in, wouldn't it? True. But what's she doing outside of Hogwarts? That's none of your concern, Black. And ignoring her completely, Sirius kind of wanders over toward, to her and pulls his wand out and holds it to her throat. And she demands. Yes. And she proves who she is. Yeah. <laughs> so she hangs them from like the chandelier. Nervous. And I bang. love this mental image. Which mental? Of the two of them hanging from the chandelier. Yeah. In tight like, silver ropes. Really, I just had the mental image of Shelob trussing them up. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Sirius says, image. yeah, it's definitely her, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yep, almost certainly. Yeah. And then like, she uh, you guys had, adds insult to injury by um, correcting Sirius's chess game. Yeah, she goes over and makes it so that he's winning. <laughs> Poor Remus runs over to try to, to fix things, but he's not doing very well. And they want to know if there's any other reason that they're there. she's there except for just checking in. She says, well, I was in the area and I thought I might as well. And I thought, Sirius, that you might be interested on it theory that the students had about the anime but I'm not sure I'm going to share it now because you guys were being a pain. Mm-hmm. So. And then they catch the receipt from Weasley's Wizard Weezes. <laughs> I don't believe it! I don't bloody believe it! Nope, he's not going to ignore it, says Minerva, thinks Minerva huffily. And it takes the, both, of, both of them five whole minutes to shut up. Mm-hmm. About talking about irony, destroying everything they thought they knew about her. And then Remus remembered some theory of James's that Minerva really responsible for all those anonymous cranks that occasionally happened to the four of them mm-hmm. that attributed to Peeves or Snape. Yeah. Minerva Which... had refused to dignify the suggestion with a response, mainly because it was true. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it, too. And she says, you know, I really do hope you can't have puppies. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, puppies? Wait, did she say puppies? <laughs> so she shares with them the. Well, actually, we don't know if she does or not. Oh, yes. No, uh, she it, does. It takes her 15 she minutes. On oh, it. there it is. Okay. Yeah. She reflects on the conversation as she walks through Hogsmeade because Sirius and Minerva have to explain what the animatic transformation is like because he only knows what a werewolf one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Sirius <laughs> looked at the whole thing very logically, which was somewhat weird to Minerva, because she hadn't really connected Sirius Black and logical thought in her mind before. Well, you know, he's got to grow up sometime. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah, but did, did it have to be right before her eyes? <laughs> she's apparated as close to the Hogwarts walls as she can get, because she didn't want to walk all the way up, especially in the rain. And she's moving through the trees and stuff. She decides that she can't, you know, have any... She can't show up in the clothes that she was wearing or else Dollish might, you know, say that she, he, she pushed him off the cliff or down the hill, wherever it proud, was that he fell. Proudfoot. Proudfoot. Proud Dollish. It was Proudfoot. That was last week. I don't remember these things. In this case, an annoying aura rather than an elderly hobbit. So she tucks her coat into a crook of a tree and 
spells it so that it won't get wet, and then she changes into her kitty cat form and heads for the castle. Yes, and she's immediately soaked, mm-hmm. and she says, I really hate Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> oh, but she's unaware. However, she is being watched. Yes, by twinkling blue eyes in the forest. So perhaps Professor Dumbledore is closer than they think. Perhaps he is. So, mm. yeah. It's nine o'clock, and she's on the front lawns, and she says, Getting out of Hogwarts is pretty easy. Getting back in is a little harder. Mm-hmm. There was an unfortunate incident with one of the boars. Apparently they are guardians now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was before. That. that was something that happened earlier, and uh, Dumbledore had modified the charms so that her cat form could go by. Right. So now she just has to get in because it's freezing rain. It's freezing and raining buckets, and you know she's cold. She mm-hmm. gets up to the front door of the castle, and she and can, she can he- go ahead. hear the lords on the other side screeching. Yeah. So she, she doesn't want to open the door, and she has to figure out another way in. There is a window on the third floor, but <laughs> she could climb it if she had to. But, you know, she's getting up in age. It's probably not the smartest thing. So she decides to do what any cat would do and scratch on the front door. Um, Sue? Yes? Uh, the two of you are sounding a little funky for me. I think it's probably my connection, but just let me know. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I'll plug the computer back in. Power a bit. It's at 91%. Okay, I, I just... Just you were starting to yeah. You were starting to slow down really awkwardly. Ooh, that's never good. I'm at full no, bars, so I should be okay. Well, yes. remember last time this happened? It was my uh, it was my end of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do have this great break in your sentences every once in a while. Yeah, but hopefully it should be editable. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Mm-hmm. Oops. Sorry. Doesn't no help worries. that my speaking patterns also lend themselves to weird pauses. <laughs> <laughs> I they suppose. do. Yep. Well, it's easier to tell when you're not over an awkward Skype connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that the anyway. the thing that tips the scales for going up and scratching the door rather than going back to a secret passage or something is that her fur is getting fluffy and mm-hmm. just won't do. <laughs> so she unsheaths her claws and scratches the door while meowing as loudly as she can. And the noise is like nails on a blackboard. Ooh. So yeah. she doesn't like the sound, but she doesn't stop either. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Shacklebolt opens the door. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, because he recognizes her. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know where she's been. And uh, she doesn't say anything. Yeah. She's been, and Dolores has sent him to answer the door and let that little beast in. And he says, where have you been sneaking off to, Kitty? As he, you know, cuddles her a little. And she purrs at him, but that doesn't work. And Dolores, Dolores is like, Shacklebolt, what's taking so long? And Minerva's like, yeah, I'm freezing my fur off. Let me in. And he says, mm-hmm. oh, this pussycat's not being very cooperative. And then Minerva realizes that he was actually expecting an answer. <laughs> So she narrows her eyes at him, he raises an eyebrow, and she shakes her head, which conveys that she has not been sneaking off to see Dumbledore. <laughs> right. And he carries her in and and asks, do you want to stick around for the show? Mm-hmm. Indicating Dolores' little temper tantrum. Yes. And Minerva, Minerva purrs. Yep. So the entrance hall door <laughs> closes behind them, mm-hmm. and they head over to the group by the staircase, and she Kingsley dries her off. 
He's such a nice man. Umbridge is threatening them all for allowing Minerva to leave. Mm -hmm. How could they possibly do it? Yeah. Proudfoot's like, I looked for her for two hours. She's not in Hogsmeade. I saw no evidence that she actually left the castle. And and Dolores is like, well, you saw her leave. (coughs) And he's drenched in like a little petulant three-year-old. And he says, do you know what I think? I think that she, you know, snuck out, let me follow her, and double back, and she's probably curled up in her room with a hot chocolate and snickering because I'm out there searching all over for her and getting soaking wet. To which point Minerva's thinking, ooh, that would have been a good idea. But that's not how it actually worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I like, it just gets even more absurd. It's like, so Minerva's not hopeless. She's an animagus. And you know what? Dumbledore's probably caught her out of the invisible. Yeah. And he's just kind of, just kind of losing it to be quite honest mm-hmm. yeah but then again so is minerva but in a completely different way yeah she think cats can't laugh because <laughs> she's been giggling her head off well because he says do you really believe i would have been able to follow minerva mcgonagall unless she wanted me to and so she's all preening and everything that's right <laughs> yeah and eventually the auras are just fed up because umbridge has been ordering them around since they've been here And they said, you know what, you've been sending us on fool's errands this whole time. We're just going to go. And we're not searching for Minerva anymore. And she pulls what she thinks is her trump card and finds out really fast that she's not, excuse my language, the cock of the walk she thinks she is. Mm -hmm. Because she says, if you think you're walking out on me, you may not have a job very much longer. And they all look at her and Kingsley pretty much says, you don't have any power anymore at the ministry. You traded it when you came here. And there is no way you ever could have gotten our jobs taken away from us. So you just put that thought right out of your head, little missy. And you know that just deflates her. <laughs> yeah. And apparently and Hannah and Susan scared. are eavesdropping also. <laughs> yes, they are. And Minerva's kind of jumped out of Kingsley's arms and has run over to the steps because she doesn't want to be in the middle of a firefight. She's smart that way. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. Kingsley pulled his wand, but he's <laughs> got a little bit and more And then willpower. Susan and Hannah just break down to laughter. Well, after everybody leaves, because they didn't want to get caught, but yeah. Yeah, they were sneaking closer so they could see her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And Kingsley says, even when you were at the ministry, you never had the power to dismiss Ors from their job. Yeah. Do you understand me? He asked in that mm-hmm. deliberate, thunderous voice of his. Dolores nods. Yeah, and if Minerva had been in her own form at the time, she would have given him a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's trembling slightly. Kingsley says, we're going to the ministry now, Miss Umbridge. I suggest you keep a closer watch on your employees and students from now on, because from this point onward, the Aura's office is certainly not going to be doing it for you. Good evening. And I love that when they write Miss, they don't put a period behind it, so it comes up on my text reader as MS. MS Umbridge. (laughs) That always makes me happy. (laughs) Microsoft Umbridge. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't want one of those. So no, she. Then I'd be sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Computerized. I just daydream. Twice the bugs. I just daydream twice, twice that there'd be so much corporate spyware like spying on people, and then some with Microsoft Umbridge, and it'd be re- like reporting on you. And think, think of Clippy, the little 
you know, this little paper mm-hmm. cloth. Mm-hmm. It would be even more in love, but it would be a cat, and it would just, it would be a pink. I think he's going, this is scary. This it is looks like scary. you're trying to write an educational degree. Do you want help? <laughs> <laughs> would you like to look at one of, one of my 4,000 pre-made templates? <laughs> Yeah, although maybe a root would be in toad form and she'd eat the bugs, who knows? It'd be like Pac-Man. I don't think the ministry would approve of this. <laughs> this is <laughs> wrong. I've got these nice corridors eating flies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We've got Pat in our own game. I don't... We can make the Umbridge game. Yes. You know what it would be? Is I don't think the minister would approve of the sites that you're looking at. Which... Mm-hmm. Oh dear. So Minerva's feeling quite smug after all this and heads over to Snape's office and she hears a scolding drifting out of it. So she transforms back to human form and moves a little closer to listen in. Yep. And she basically there's two people arguing and she hears Severus bellow, sit down and shut up! Both of you! And she decides she needs to intervene, so she goes over and knocks on the door. And so he appears and he says, Professor McGonagall, if you're here to confirm your alibi, consider it down. Done. Now excuse me. And she says, Oh, I've come to tell you that we can hear your commotion all the way to the entrance hall. Which is a lie, but he doesn't need to know that. Might I know what's going on? It's Greengrass and Malfoy. Mm -hmm. Because it was her fault. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it was. Blah, 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 blah. blah. (laughs) These two are at each other's throats. Excuse me. And Minerva walks in. He says, you can come in, but you have to be quiet. She comes in and says, hello, Daphne. Hi, Professor. Snape growls. (laughs) She doesn't really like being in his office. It's kind of Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. All the dead stuff. Lots of dead stuff. And also not very many chairs. So she looms behind his desk. Yep. And but so, they are not, and, um, rather than being intimidated, they're just glaring at each other, or not looking at each other pointedly, actually. And so, Snape says, wow, Sorry. this is a surprise. You've remained silent for a whole minute. Had I known <gasps> that all it would take for you guys to be quiet was another member, a witness to your idiocy, I would have done this in the common room. Mm-hmm. So first he gets Draco Draco's to side of the story. Mm-hmm. Yes, Which, and apparently they and, were sitting, minding their own business, having a discussion about summer plans, and then when Millicent asked politely what Greengrass was doing over the holidays, uh, she responded crudely, and Millie was very upset. And Pansy came to Millie's aid and asked Greengrass to apologize. Yeah, Daphne mm-hmm. just looks like her jaw is about to dislocate yeah. at this truthful story. And, and she says, well, it wasn't the common room. I was reading a book, and there were five of them and me. Other than that, pretty much not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my life! Yep. He reprimands her for using the word crap. Mm-hmm. And she, what Millie said to her oh, was can wondering I just whether she'd be spending her summer that. with... Oh, sure. I was sitting by, reading by the fireplace when Millicent Bolstered co- called over that I'd be spending my summer with the usual muggle slime where I spend my time chatting Harry Potter instead. I responded. <laughs> and she believes her exact words were, No, I'll be offering sexual favors to the Weasley twins as a thank you for all the trouble they've caused you, useless scumbags, and the rest of Umbridge's winged monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Minerva has to bite back a laugh. And even Snape starts to smile. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, 
Well, then Parkinson got up and she was angry and wanted to know what I just called her. Naturally, I assumed there was something wrong with her uh, hearing, so I repeated myself. <laughs> yeah. And then they all pulled their wands at me, except for Blaze. Yeah, he just sort of went off to the side. He doesn't get involved in things like that. And Draco twitches because Daphne refers to Blaze by her first name. Right. He's yeah. still Malfoy. So Pansy throws the first mm-hmm. curse. Uh, Daphne hits his raises a shield charm, and it bounces back and hits Pansy in the face. Yep, so she gets boils, and she starts crying for Malfoy to run and help her. It's pathetic, Miss Greengrass. Yep. Miss Greengrass! <laughs> At any rate, part, Pansy was out of it fairly soon, and then Balstrode threw a body bind at her, but she still had her shield charm up, and then Draco cursed her with something, and he says he tried to disarm her. Yeah. <laughs> And, and she says, you mean stop me before I cursed you? And he's like, like you could. Oh, please, I've beaten you in every defense against the Dark Arts lesson we've ever had. And then they, uh... You know, they start going on they about, talk about all her the phobia. defense. And yes, mm-hmm. she apparently was afraid of the Cornish Pixies in the second year. Because they're all yeah. fluttering, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and they're just going on and on. And finally, <laughs> well, and I love this. If you're referring to Crab and Goyle, yes, those were the two glorified rocks to whom I was referring. Listen, you self-righteous little hag. I, what did you call me, you Nazi piece of rabid hellcat? Stuck-up son of a brainless battle axe? Death Eater wanted me? Went in red silence! Whoops, there's still two teachers standing right here. Oh, dear. So, now that they have a basic idea of what actually happened... They apparently caused quite a bit of property damage, and Draco had his green grass pinned to a table. And and then, because everything's going on, Daphne decides to just punch Draco in the face. Yeah, (laughs) he's got a nice face. Yeah, because he insulted her aunt. And married to a muggle, but it's the aunt that she lives with. So Snape takes five points away from each of them and sends them back to the common room. Oh, yes. There's uh, 30 points gone, as much as it came to. Ooh. And a week's worth of detention for each of for those two. And I love Minerva. She's like, you know that nothing's going to get done if you put those two in detention together. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> and I had to punish them somehow, and I wanted to get rid of them before my head exploded. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he says something about Trelawney. And she's like, Trelawney, Trelawney. Something I need to do with. Oh man, I forgot. And she's like, I have to go. And uh, mm-hmm. so off she heads at nine forty-eight to the hospital wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she never organized anybody to take over Lavender's nursing duties. Mm-mm. And she's, you know, she's pretty sure that she could do the nursing job, maybe, but she doesn't no. have the patience for it, and she, she really doesn't have, want to. Yeah, she, <laughs> she would have just snapped and t- she would have snapped and tell told them to put to screw their heads back on right and like warn each other and get out of her hair right so she gets there and miss parkinson has uh has to hold something on her face for 20 minutes because she has the boils and minerva and poppy start to talk and minerva doesn't want pansy to know what they're talking about so she casts the muffliato <laughs> pansy's like here's buzzing and she's over there twitching because she can't figure out what the buzzing is from mm-hmm. <laughs> you know oops and they decide they start talking about what they're gonna do about sybil and poppy's like yeah 
she's a grown woman, you know, we shouldn't have to do this. And Minerva's like, yeah, I know, but we're going to have to do something. So they decide, they think first of all of house elves. We'll get the house elves to do it. But then they figure out that if Umbridge finds out that the house elves are helping, that that's going to cause more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. And, and then, then they decide to put everyone on a shift system. But the problem is Minerva's going to have to take shift number one. Yeah. And they're going to just, somebody's going to make sure she gets up in the morning and then somebody's going to drug her at night and make sure <laughs> that she sleeps all night long. They're going to give her lots of uh, sleeping potions. Oh, goodness. And they are going to assign a house elf to at least keep the, the rooms clean because she can't do it anymore. Like but, she ever could. Yeah, but Minerva does have to take the first shift. And she had had these grand ideas of just kind of sitting in the background and assigning people to the job. But <laughs> that's not how it's going to say no. And they say no one was an optimist past 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Poppy uh, added this little caveat that she has to take the first shift and Minerva says, okay, fine, but I want hot chocolate. (laughs) Actually, I need hot chocolate right now. (laughs) So she's heading off to the kitchens to get hot chocolate and to assign the house elf to clean the room. And so at 10.01, she's in the kitchen. She tickles the pear and it giggles happily. And she's immediately surrounded by house elves with various food offerings. (laughs) Eclairs, apple pie, chicken broth, blood pudding, (laughs) But she needs to know the house elf that's in charge of the cleaning, the cleaning supervisor. And that's Snuffy. He's over there, miss. She goes over and talks to him and asks if he'll, uh, she's come to ask a favor, wants to know if he'll keep cleaning up there and, and clean in the North Tower. And when she, when they offer to send Sybil food, she's like, oh, thank you. You're the most helpful person today. The house elf grins and she mentions that if I need any more favors, I'll come directly to you and Snuffy begins to tear up, and and she felt much more comfortable with Fred Weasley thanking her than this. So she she thanks him, and she goes over, and she asks if she could please have a mug of hot cocoa. But I love the house elf she's asking this of. Yes, her name is Ginny, with a J. With a J. And she wants to know if it's short for Geneva or Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) But poor me. Actually, poor every house elf. They all just freeze. Yeah. She says that she wonders if she could have immobilized the room quicker if she tried. And she probably could if she had (laughs) access to a basilisk and a disco ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the whole kitchen is now sobbing and smashing their heads and stammering apologies mm-hmm. because house elves are very melodramatic they are mm-hmm. apparently the headmistress has said mm. that since students aren't getting hot cocoa with dinner and they're not supposed to know where the kitchens are there's no need for any hot cocoa to be in hogwarts anymore they're not allowed to make it and that is the final straw Yes. For Minerva. That old toad could set auras after her. She could interrupt her classes. She could detain her students. She could make her get up at ungodly hours of the morning and attend her utterly, utterly useless lectures. But getting rid of the hot cocoa bag. Yeah. And Dolores, she decides she's going to give now. Dolores a puking pastel in her tea tomorrow. Maturity mm-hmm. <laughs> <Maturity> be damned. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to know if she does, but the story doesn't go that far. It doesn't. 
She thanks <sighs> them and off she goes. And, she and gets lost. Now wandering around the dungeons because the castle has decided it's not only the staircases that move in this one, but the castle tends to rearrange itself every once in a while. And the mm-hmm. castle has rearranged itself while she was down in the kitchens and now she's hopelessly lost in the dungeon. And apparently it's Rowena's fault. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's, I don't know if it's now or if it's a little bit, but her legs are getting tired, and mm-hmm. she's just oh, having a tough time. I wouldn't be tired having to traipse all across Hogwarts oh, and London. I know. Those and kids must be very, very fit in those teachers, because I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't make it up and down the stairs once. Yeah. So she mm. eventually decides at least four legs don't tire as quickly as two, and she's going to go the rest of the way in cat form. And she's, you know, she's been wandering for about 15 minutes and she hears a noise and... Somebody's humming. Yeah. Quite merrily, in fact. In the dungeon. In the dungeon. So to be Theodore. Who's decided to acquaint himself with the new arrangements. Mm-hmm. So he noticed a couple hours ago that they moved and he decided he'd better see what's going on with them now instead of tomorrow morning. Right. So that he wouldn't be late for class. And so he's afraid that she's going to take away points and she's like well i could take away quite a few points but i'll make you a deal you get me out of here and i will forget i ever saw you yep and he's like okay <laughs> and so she and then she's just curious yeah. and nosy and she's been gossiping all day so why not with another why, why not with a student at this point so she wants to know if not and daphne are a couple. and he and said oh what letters no, never just read never no, couldn't possibly. Uh, <laughs> so I think he's protesting a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yes, he is. He definitely is. Daphne and and not have a rule that they're not allowed to lie to each other when they're playing walkabout after hours. And she didn't say it strictly between us, so I suppose it applies to you too. <laughs> Minerva's like, I'm flattered. And we have this love. It's not even a triangle. Rectangle. I'm not even sure now. Oh, this Daphne love asked him out in third year, but at the time he was already going with Pansy Parkinson, mm-hmm. and that meant that she lost interest. Whereas he would be quite happy if Daphne wanted to go out with him, but uh, because that Pansy, come back because mm-hmm, Pansy's always been interested in Draco Malfoy, right? And that combined with scratching the surface of her personality <laughs> was why they only had one date. What? Underneath the surface, more surface. <laughs> so Daphne yeah. wanted to go with you, but you went with Pansy, and she wanted to go with Draco. But who nowadays wants to go with Daphne? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she, and Minerva almost giggles, but then decides that that would not be good. So remembering that you're not allowed to lie, will you answer me a question? And he says, "Well, according to the rules, I don't have a choice." And so she says, "Well, wouldn't you leap at a chance to be part of a couple with?" Daphne at this point. Mm-hmm. And he glares at her and she says, okay, I take that as a yes, so why don't you ask her? Because she sees him as a friend now mm-hmm. and tried to set him up with Susan Bones. <laughs> right. But I can't go out with Susan Bones even if I want to because Blaze has a crush on her. That's it. And and Blaze doesn't ask Susan out because Susan wouldn't go with him because Mandy's Mandy Brocklehurst is interested in Blaze. Right. Mm-hmm. But Mandy is seeing Anthony Goldstein. She or was. At least she was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
they broke up. But now he's she's interested in Blaze, and he is going out with Hannah Abbott. She's like, but I thought Terry Boot was lusting after Hannah Abbott, to use your phrasing. Well, yeah, he was, yeah. but he didn't do anything about it. Goldstein got there first, so now, <laughs> now Terry is lusting after Pansy Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole thing is just a tangle mm-hmm. and Minerva has to go through two paragraphs to get it straight and oh look they're in the entrance hall Yay, yeah. home sweet entrance hall. She says, you better get back to your common room before somebody <laughs> finds you. And I, and I must regretfully inform you that I am going to try my utmost to repl- repress every single thing you told me this evening. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's probably for the best. Good night, Professor. And I love it. She calls him Theodore. Yeah. I think she's being very familiar with all of her students. She doesn't come across like this familiar in canon. No, but after hours. It's a long day. It's been a long day. But I mean, it's with Daphne and with Theodore. And she kind of likes them. She really does have a soft spot for those two. So it's different. I mean, I could see her acting like this with the Weasley boys too, if they were still there. You know, it's kind of like the it turns the other way. Mm-hmm. Except that the part of the reason she's fond of Daphne and Theo is they don't make trouble. Because mm-hmm. with the Weasley boys, they're always in trouble, so she always has to be the teacher giving out the punishment. Whereas with these two, she rarely interacts with them outside of class time, but uh, she doesn't really have a, a reason to be particularly formal with them otherwise. Mm-hmm. So Minerva goes up to the North Tower. Mm-hmm. It is now 10.54 p.m. And she was amazed. She got up there very quickly. Only one incident with a stray, pang- stray penguin, but it was pretty clear sailing. Mm-hmm. And she finds herself at the trap door and hears voices. Yes. And she automatically assumes it's Lavender or Parvati, and so help her. Yep. But it turns out it's Sinistro. They, there <laughs> was some uh, stargazing happening on the roof, apparently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's raining right now. Sybil's out on the roof. And now she slipped and she's hanging. So yeah. they decide that one of them <laughs> has to uh, stun her or body bind her and the other one has to float her in or she's going to fall. Drop and catch. Yep. And then it's like, um, a, how do we, how are we saying this? Ariga? Aruga? Ariga? I can't do this. I'm not entirely sure. I've been saying Origa. Origa. It could be anything. I, I, I like Origa. I, like, I read it as Arugula. I know there's no L in it, but that's what I was thinking. Arugula. Okay, that one. Yes, the lettuce is casting spells. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. There's a Disney princess named Rapunzel. Yeah, yeah. that's true, I suppose. But this but is it- totally perfluff. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. I, I need we'll to do this. One, two. Oh, are we going on three or after three? What's the difference? On three is where you go one, two, three, and the other one is one, two, three. Cast. What are we oh, doing? This is so puffwa. <laughs> totally this is puff-wa. so common. This is so commentary. One, two, three. Click. <laughs> oh no! I hit it too early. Everyone, back to the menu. Well, there's reasons for going on three is faster, but after three does mean that... Ah! Ah! Oh, dear. <laughs> she's fallen off, and they just cast their spells on that moment. Yeah. And so she is now hovering in midair, <laughs> eight feet down from where she had been, yeah. <laughs> stiff as a board. And I, and I love it. She's like, did you forget she was there, too? I did. <laughs> now let's never speak of this again. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> And why is it every time I encounter her today ends with her unconscious and me questioning my sanity? Uh, 
well. So they get her in, and of course it's dark in there, so they have to lumos the place. And then it's lit up like a Dutch brothel. And uh, they... Yes. But then they realize it wasn't just the Lumos that was going on. The lights coming from the castle, right. blindingly bright handwriting, glowing in thousand different colors like neon signs, repeating over and over and over and over. Property of Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> they could probably see it in Hogsmeade. Hell, they could probably see it from outer space. And then she's like, uh oh. And she looks down and she can see Angelina Johnson, Elisa Spinnett. Lee Jordan, there he is, and Kenneth Towler, who I don't know. He's one of the background ones. He's the one who turned himself into an eagle at the beginning of the story. Mm, That's right. And, yeah. Dear God, I wonder how Dolores, dear Dolores, will react to this. And, oh, then we have Dolores. So now McGonagall has to get down and catch the four of them and give them an alibi. Mm -hmm. So she's Almost had to sprint, which is going to really kill her leg muscles. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to be very happy when she catches our four. But she's uh, she's made it there, and she's barely managed to compose herself and and in troop the four. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so she says, "Okay, what did you use? Was it the ink or the charm? Uh, some of both, and a trigger mechanism." And well, Angelina's I, like, you can't prove it was us. She's like, quiet. I like what Lee said. Well, you told us to be original. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but they can see it from Hogsmeade, which means that the ministry is going to become involved. And if they find out you four are responsible, you're going to get expelled and probably end up in Azkaban. And Lee's like, but it's a prank! Keep your voice down, Mr. Jordan. Now that this situation has been made clear to you, it's time for the consequences. And she awards them points for, you know, being a genius. 20 points, essentially. Yeah. And then she takes away 25 points for them doing the glissante charm. And all of them, except for Angelina, just protest. And she's like, uh, what makes you think we did it? And she says, of course you did it. I've been reprehending you for it for the past hour and a half. Now go to bed. Now! And they're like, you're covering for alibi. us? <laughs> yep. And as she's leaving, Angelina calls and says, Professor? Yes, Miss Johnson? I like your, brow- your blouse. And she's <laughs> like, Aw. So then she's off to the staff room because, you know, the heads of house are supposed to report to the staff room whenever there's something like this going on so that they can figure out what they're going to do. And Dolores is pacing. Mm-hmm. And they're intriguing. The one who's shown up. Yeah. And there's a penguin asleep on one of the couches. Of course there is. Because <laughs> there are now penguins everywhere. Yes. Yep. And, you know, this travesty occurred nearly 20 minutes ago and you're the first teacher to respond. Where are the rest of you? Well, only the heads of house have to show. And two, two of them go to bed early and Snape's in the dungeon. I don't think he even Probably knows. Right. Yeah. In the end, so she just sits down across from the penguin like it's a perfectly normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where and have she you been? Dolores is talking. And says, oh, I should probably pay attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dolores is like, I'll guarantee it was that seven-year lot. And 
She says, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Dolores, but if you're referring to Miss Johnson, Miss Bennett, Mr. Jordan, and Mr. Towler, they've been with me since 10 o'clock. And she's like, why? And so Nerva says, because they did the charm. And so I've, you know, punished them and they've had points deducted and they've been severely reprimanded. And I just permitted them to go back to the common room when I saw the uh, graffiti, shall we call it? Mm-hmm. And then and Dolores like, oh, notices her clothes. You're wearing muggle clothing! So and I am. <laughs> And Minerva's like, uh, can I just give her a slow clap, or is that going to be, like, mutiny or something? (laughs) You weren't wearing mogul clothing earlier. I'm aware of that, Dolores. I have been known to change clothes occasionally. You're not supposed to wear muggle clothing where the children can see you. And she's like, well, I was in my rooms and I was changed and relaxing. And then this happened. I didn't think there would be children out after curfew. So I figured it would be okay. Now, do you want my assistance or not? Yes. And Come on. Help Dol- me. Now. learns the error of her ways. Well, yeah. she learns about it, but I don't think she takes... She doesn't learn anything. She just hears about it. That's it. It's like, oh, I I would love to help you, but ministry guidelines keep that from happening. I mean, it'd be quite illegal for me to help you. Mm -hmm. Educational decree number 31. No Hogwarts staff save the headmistress may enchant, bewitch, or modify any feature of the school. Yes. And it's like, oh no, you wouldn't get into any trouble. I'd put a good word in for you with the minister. Yet yeah, no. You, you know, D- or Dolish, he wants to see, see me in trouble. He wants to find an excuse to put me in Azkaban. Uh-uh, not doing it. Nope. But I could, of course. Oh no, I couldn't. It, it wouldn't get me caught, but it'd be unethical. Never mind. Best of luck, Dolores. <laughs> and she's counting in her head. Three, two, two. <laughs> wait. Whenever <laughs> loves being right, yes. What could you do? I'd like, I'd like to help you. Really, I would. Not for you, of course, but for the reputation of Hogwarts. But it'd be personal risk, and and it simply wouldn't be worth my while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she basically blackmails Umbridge into. Letting Hermione pass her homework in because that morning she refused to let her have another piece of homework. Right. So she can't really go back on what she said, but she's decided that she's going to let Snape mark her homework for her. And so uh, Minerva says, okay, that'll work. And wait! What about your part of the deal? You said you were going to help! Oh yes, I forgot. How silly of me! Mm. Well... And then On the first floor, me. behind the statue of Erg the Unclean, you'll find yeah. some extra magical mess remover and a spare mop. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> now it's 11.48 p.m. She's on the sixth floor on the south balcony, and she's looking out over what is going on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she's feeling like a witch. You know, if a muggle had seen her, he'd have said that she's a witch and perhaps it's her wild black hair because she took it down somewhere on the second floor and or maybe it's her black boots or you know maybe it's her severe features or her gleaming eyes and demented cackling (laughs) yes but people would have known she was a witch but she didn't care 
And she has one last thing to do that night. Mm-hmm. She needs to summon her coat. Yes. And it's going to take a little while. So she accios it and she stands there in the window and she knows that she's enough in the shadows that nobody out in Hogsmeade or whatever can see her. And she waits for it to come. And the, the lake is being very violent, but there's no sign of the squid because he likes to go down deep when it's stormy out. And she's thinking about the four. She's like, Angelina's wanted for the Holy Head Harpy, so that's good. And Queer Dick Quidditch Hour is on the Wizarding Wireless wants Lee Jordan, which she'd really like to happen because she thinks he's really funny, but she can't let him get away with it when she's on duty. So she'd love to hear him on the Wizarding Wireless so that she can enjoy it without feeling like she has to be on him all the time. And her coat shows up. Mm-hmm. But it's too heavy. It is. Something's wrong. And she goes in and starts checking her pockets because she knows that the receipt's in there and and maybe the receipt from dinner and stuff like that. So if somebody had gotten a hold of it, they'd know where she was. Mm -hmm. So And it turns out there is a note and um, it's from Dumbledore. Yeah, it's around a hip flask. Yes, there's the flask and a note around it. And he says... Dearest Minerva, I thought you might appreciate this, given the unfortunate circumstances in the kitchens. In other news, I must say that while I find the castle's recent makeover a tad this extreme, it is quite delightful nonetheless. You will be pleased to hear that Darren Dawlish suspected you instantly. I seem to recall you disliked him quite a bit. Oh, and your blouse is lovely. Sincerely, Albus Dumbledore. And he has sent her a flask of hot chocolate. Oh, Honeyduke's finest drinking chocolate, no less. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have hot chocolate. I've actually been drinking it. Peppermint hot chocolate. That's a good idea. I should go find some. So she heads into her bedroom quarters, and now it's 11.59, and she's in her room, and her painting. Driscoll is beside himself because he has to tell her that there's no hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. And she says... But fortunately, she's acquired some through other means. Mm -hmm. And she thanks him for thinking of her. And he's starting to watch her very oddly because she's not acting like herself. She hasn't acted like herself all night. Hanging out with Emmeline Vance has put her in a good mood and nobody's used to that. <laughs> so, and she asks him how her how his day went and he's like, yeah, something's wrong with her. <laughs> yep. And so. she says, leave nothing out. And she picks up her legs and she's going to hear about everything that's happened to Driscoll today. He says, funny Aww. you should ask, as you wouldn't believe the day I've had. And that's that is the end of the story. Yep. And she, has, she has had three hours of sleep in the past 24 or something like that. No. Poor dear. Let's see. She, at the beginning, she wakes up at 6.31, and she had been awake dealing with the third year Ravenclaw, who was turning himself into an eagle. Uh, doesn't say w- until when. Not immediately. I think it says somewhere, but I'm not. Yeah. Oh, until I'm 2 a.m. Yeah. So, yeah, she's had That's four and a half said. hours of sleep in 24. Like me, who gets really grumpy when I haven't had a lot of sleep, she apparently gets happier and uh, acts strangely for... No. Well, I don't think you would necessarily call it happier. I think her professional filters go away, is Mm. what happens. Mm -hmm. 
And she becomes much more mischievous. There you go. And much more snarky. Well, you know, when you can blame her. And it is because she finally got to vent with Emmeline that she is happier this evening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through the rest of the day, she was just about (laughs) going to explode at some point. Well, yeah. And, you know, she got kissed by Fred, so that would would help (laughs) <laughs> really? And I think that was telling her, her blouse looks nice. Yeah, lots of people told her that. So They're not used to seeing her in muggle clothes. No. And without yeah. the bun. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Definitely not. I was thinking about that at the end where, where her hair is let down. And I um I know some people that have really long hair that keep it up all the time. And when you see it down, it's always amazing. Amazing. So, yeah. My grandmother has really long hair. She keeps it in a bun, but on top of her head. Whereas I tend to think of Minerva with it like being at the base of her neck. Yeah, that's true. But it's very different when my grandmother has her hair down. But usually when it's down, I only ever see it in a braid just to keep it from being all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know someone that her hair is down almost to her knees. And wow. usually she's got it up in a bun. Very unusual for me to see it down. Well, you'd have to. It'd be hard to manage at that length. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... But, Must have been growing it for quite a while. Yeah, I don't think they've ever. I don't think she's cut it, or if she's cut it, she's only cut it to cut off the ends and stuff. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Mm-hmm. That is the end of a random Tuesday with Minerva McGonagall. It was great fun. It was great. Fun. <laughs> yes. More fun for us than it was for her, I suspect. But definitely. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you can uh, cause a verge to have a bad have day. Have a coronary. <laughs> We don't say this, but she thinks to herself that anybody in Umbridge's place should actually find out what they're bargaining for before they actually make the bargain, which Umbridge didn't do. So Minerva felt very fine with just telling Mm -hmm. her where the cleaning supplies were and walk it out. But I also like the bit where she was looking through her jacket and it's like, well, at least the last thing I did on this earth was annoy Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, if she's getting (laughs) caught. Because she was a little afraid that the horrors might have bugged it. Mm -hmm. I wonder how Albus managed it. Probably Fox brought it or something. What? The hot chocolate or what? Yeah. Yeah. How he got it into her coat pocket. Well, Well, he he saw her put the coat in the tree. Oh, right. So he probably just went down to Hogsmeade. I want to know how he knew that there was no more hot chocolate. But I think he's in communication with the house elves. He's in communication with the house elves. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually the portraits tell him everything, so maybe he's got an extra portrait of somebody around that he can. That's true too. Maybe and that's where Phineas the Jealous is during this book. Just lives in Dumbledore's pocket. <laughs> yes. There you go. Little pocket Phineas, so which he... makes me think of the pocket henchman from Tale of a Long Time Gone. <laughs> so he's gone down to Honey Dukes, picked up the dipping chocolate, and then squirreled it away in her coat. And I'm sure he's added a ever warming charm to it so that it'll stay warm. Maybe it's one of his. Mm -hmm. Maybe like he has a stash of of hot cocoa and then it's like ooh, everything's going on. Yeah. Minerva, I bestow this unto you. Minerva needs this more than I do. That could be too. Definitely. So, but it was a fun story. I loved it. It was, there were great laughs. There were great lines. I loved the the fight in Snape's office with Pansy, or with uh, Daphne and Draco. 
and you know it was almost mm-hmm. like watching the twins the way they were you know cutting each other off and and mm-hmm. you know not they weren't finishing each other's sentences but they they had that cadence to them that the twins have a lot mm-hmm. yeah they were having their fight but it didn't matter who was there <laughs> no nope, no nope. you know that's totally uh, a love repressed right there <laughs> no no I'm gonna come down on so you're on Emily's no. side no. I don't know Sue no. can be I think Draco's having a bad case of, of the lusts and Daphne's just having to put up with it yeah that could be quite possibly but I love that she holds her own with him mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yes. go Daphne yeah yeah. We already have one character that simpers at him. We don't need mm-hmm. more. No. But yeah, it was a lot of fun and I hope that everybody listening enjoyed it as well because it was well worth it. And mm-hmm. one of these days when I have an extra few minutes, I'll see if I can come up with a master fic hunk out of it. Yeah, it's hard to pick. I know. But there's good sections in here. Yeah, I just no scrolled problem. back a little bit and realized I somehow skimmed over completely that she summoned her coat back and that's how she got it right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. she stood out she there for a while it. and just waited for it to come contemplating what was going on yeah mm-hmm. did her best wicked witch of the west Im- impression yes apparently one of the reasons she keeps her hair in a bun all the time is that otherwise it's kind of like hermione's it gets unmanageable mm-hmm. although i think part of that is that she's um, had it you know in the rain things to um, be fancy for her um, coffee date or dinner date and then now it's been rained on and all of that and yeah so her, it's probably straight naturally if she was doing curls and things for the fanciness mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. or just anywhere from stick straight to just barely not stick straight mm-hmm. i know that didn't make it much sense but wavy yeah. mm-hmm. maybe not quite wavy but some some amount of body to it but yeah somewhere in not there partic- but not particularly curly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, at the time this was written, uh, Twisted Biscuit was considering writing more Minerva stuff because she kind of got fond of it. And she was going to write the Minerva monologues or something, but unfortunately that, that never happened. That never happened, but it, it would have been a lot of fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, will, we shall try and get in contact with her just to let her know that we've covered this fic, but it mm-hmm. seems unlikely that we'll hear anything back. Yeah, you know, though. I'll send her a message later. But mm-hmm. usually, I try to wait till closer to the time that I'm editing them, so that people don't have to wait too long. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we podcasted on your fair. Wait seven months, and you might be able to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for picking. Oh yeah, I don't know who put it up on the forum, but as soon as I read it, I was like, we have to do this. This is way too much fun to not do it. Yeah. I wonder if I can find that. Let's see. Depending it's on how well the search function works. Mm-hmm. It's only oh, back a couple of searches because it's really, it's really um, been quiet. So. Aha, it was Mooney. Aha. Yay, Mooney! You get kudos <laughs> for finding this fic. Yes. She says um, she recommends it because there are good Slytherins, but this gem sold me. Minerva was not expecting to see Sybil Trelawney sitting on Severus Snape's lap singing about raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it, and I can <laughs> totally see Mooney really appreciating that because Mooney likes her songs. Mm-hmm. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown go. paper packages tied up with string. 
This story is one of my favorite, favorite things. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Thank you. And yes, Thank uh, you. Scarlett seconded the recommendation right after, so she must have clicked on it at that point. It was yes. January of 2014 this was recommended, so we have... It's been not Finished quite it a year. a year later. <laughs> yeah. It was the 18th that was recommended, and it's the 12th today, and you will probably be hearing it, um, I don't know, summer? Fall, maybe? I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to well, say October 21st. All right. Well, no, no, it won't be that long because here's the deal. <laughs> this Friday, so today is Monday, mm-hmm. so this Friday I will be releasing uh, Frog and Toad, which is our last podcast for the season six. And we have so far recorded one, two, three, four, five, six, six podcast into the new season plus the three of these so nine total so we're looking at 18 weeks from now although i'll hmm. probably take a couple of weeks off um i'm, I'm trying i'm working still on the season four recap yeah <laughs> i think that's just one of those things that will never die yes so um i might so, yeah, take a summer. Of weeks off, so say 20 weeks June from now sometime <laughs> may or june I thought we were getting into July at that point. Oh, maybe. But don't ask me. Math. Because twenty mm. weeks would be five. Five June, months. But I was yeah. adding a few. But I was adding a few extra weeks in just for good measure. Mm-hmm. Oh. For Pufuania well, we'll incidents. For Pufuaniaism. So it should be right around Juneish. It sounds like that these are going to start coming out. And so, and actually, that's. Um, you take off six weeks because this is actually going to start after uh, six weeks, so twelve weeks. Does that make sense? Because mm. we're doing three um, we belongs and three we belong in America, so that's six. So that's twelve weeks, and then we start just a random Tuesday and do three weeks of it. So it would be a little yeah. sooner than that. It'll probably be around math, then. math, math, math. <laughs> and next time we are going to be doing Hogwarts Houses Divided. Mm, that's and a fun one too. It's I can't remember anything about it. I went and looked it up. It says the war is over and all is well. They say, but the wounds remain unhealed. Bitterness divides the houses of Hogwarts. Can the first children born since the war's end be- begin a new era, or will the enmities? I hate these words that I can't. Enmities of their parents be their permanent legacy. And this is a Teddy Lupin OC, and it's 32 chapters. So... Will be a little more substantial chunk of the podcasting time. Mm-hmm. But I think it'll be fun. I know I read it. I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll uh, just have to see what happens we'll next week. We'll just have to see what happens next week. And I suppose with that, we should say goodbye, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. <laughs> I thought it was a Veda saying adieu. Adieu. Could be. I think, I think they start with I think they start with the same things in a couple different verses. Yep. be again a podcast quite like this 
one who brought us together and started its own forum list. Where the hosts are all our friends, all the stories told by Jen. Will it drive Ryan round the bend? Part of it weekly, where the story never ends. Mm.